0: Thank you for tuning in to Mafia Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zimware. Rotifest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and auto recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the van and create an invoice out in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. We are not part of the the GP20. GP20. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, there's so much... Momentum and so much conversation about glassparency and the GP reveal Rod and I are sitting on the outside Wondering what is going on? I'm sure everybody that is not part of the GP 20 is Wondering what is going on in the big reveal is at SEMA only in a couple of weeks, so yeah, we're not part of the team, but we're super excited and Glad that you joined us for another episode of Mafia Memoirs. We're super excited. We have Rod there. That's going to be our guest today. He's right there. Next level detailing. So Rod is going to try to bring him on, and we will see if we can have a great conversation. All right, bring Rod there onto the camera. Look at you. Ta-da! Here we go. It's the
1: first time in the history of Mafia Memoirs that Rod has been interviewing Rod. You're not going to no? likely see yeah. that again. weird, huh? You're not going to likely see that again. not a lot of us out there. Forrestly, it's not it's a mirror <laughs> of you. Oh, man. Yeah, no, we <laughs> can handle that. That's, So, no, it says only it's one.
0: adding him, and we're not quite seeing him yet. So, we will see what happens. So, good morning, Bo Mortensen of Pure Detailers. Hopefully, things are beautiful on the East Coast. If I remember correctly, you're out of Florida, so... There! Oh, look at there. There's Rod. Rod, good morning. Hey. How are you today? Hello.
2: I'm great. How are you guys doing? doing? Great. Awesome. It's a, a
0: nice player. fall day. Rod's going to give me a little bit more room so we can get a little bit less cozy. <laughs> so, man. So, we're super glad to have you on. I was actually talking to uh, Chris Woolman yesterday and just lining up the next Couple of weeks of uh, mafia memoirs, and he said, "You know what? You really got to get Rod on mafia memoirs." And I hadn't rem- remembered ever meeting you. He said, "Yeah, there. It's a really cool team. It's him and your niece, correct?"
2: Right. My niece Bethany.
0: That's awesome.
2: Yep. So yeah, we uh, we went to Rennie's training in January.
0: And and how how has that been? I mean. Well, let's let's back up. How did you guys get started in detailing?
2: Well, I started the business in 2011, and uh, I was working at a car dealership trying to sell cars. And this other guy that was there trying to sell cars too, we're like, man, this isn't working. <laughs> so uh, I was I was working on the business plan and getting things going, and uh, I was kind of sharing that with him, and he's like, well, do you want a business partner? I said. Sure, I guess, maybe, (laughs) and uh, so we talked about it a little bit and uh, ended up kind of venturing together, and uh, after about five years, well, before five years, but I started to realize we didn't really have the same vision, and uh, so we ended up parting ways after about five years, and I brought Bethany on with me uh, to kind of take over some of the duties that he was doing, and uh, really, I knew that. Parting ways was going to really be the thing that needed to happen to take it to the next level and really grow the business. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, so so. Is Bethany helping in the back <clears throat> office, or is she helping you detail as well?
2: Uh, just back office, answering the phone, scheduling paperwork. Um, we I took her to training so that she could be better able to do a consulting consultative. Sales approach on the phone with people and really understand everything. It, you know they can't really throw her much of a curve, so that uh, it's a better image. You know when you can answer questions right on the spot and not have to say I'll get back to you. You know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you don't want to tell people stuff that's wrong, but you also don't want to have to tell them to get back to them. So yeah. it's better to just know it right off the cuff. Yeah, no, yeah. that
0: that that is really a, a key thing. So what? So how did you? Yeah, I one of the things that you honed in on is is originally you and your first partner didn't have the same vision. So let's talk about that. Why is vision so important in building your business?
2: Well, as everyone knows, uh, image is everything in business. And if you're in the image business, it's doubly important. So, you know, I, I've From the get-go, I've kind of gone out on a limb and taken risks as far as financially to present the best possible image at all times because to me, that's a key factor in success. And uh, that was one of the key differences between me and the old business partner is he kind of just wanted to do everything on a cash basis, which I can appreciate that. And I tried to work with him for a while. And, you know, I would say, let's do this. And he's like, we're not there yet. (laughs) I'm like... Well, we need to do that to get to where we want to be. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it was a, uh, yeah,
1: that's always that's a hard battle. It
2: was kind of a pulling yourself up by your bootstraps kind of deal. And, uh, you know, he had a lot different situation than I did. Single, no kids, no wife, paid for a house, paid for a car, and I needed money. <laughs> and I was like, we need to be making more than this. And he was kind of happy with status quo. Yeah. So, you know, that's when I knew that, Things had changed, and uh, my vision was much bigger than his. You know, he, he was looking at when we started talking about getting a fixed location, he was looking at the little car wash building on the side of
1: gas stations. I'm like, no, that's not where I'm trying to go. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so that's so, really important to, to have that, that same kind of idea of where you want to get to, and then also the vision of how you want to get there because it, it's always a balance. Jody and I talk about it on a daily basis. Daily. Of how do we balance this? What's the next step? where, where do we feel comfortable taking that next next risk? Because, you know, you can't wait until you right. have a million dollars to try to make a million dollars. Right. I mean, you gotta, you gotta get there. And so, um, you know, right. how do you, how do you decide for yourself now? When do you take those risks? When do you pull back? Things like that.
2: Yeah. If you never risk anything, you'll never gain anything. That's why I look at it. Like you gotta step out of your comfort zone to really grow and become what you want to be. Whereas, If you're just trying to live day to day and, you know, work with what you got to a point, it's kind of not going to work in my opinion.
0: Yeah. So are you guys honed in Mm. on uh, just retail customers or do you guys do dealership work as well?
2: Uh, We're honed in on retail. Uh, We did some dealership work in the past and it's just hard to get much money out of them. Um, You know, why why chase 20s when you can chase hundreds, you know, it's like, I'm not going to go spend my time for the amount of money they want to pay when I can do other jobs. I mean, maybe someday if I've got a fleet or something and, you know, I'm trying to keep everybody busy, then we might entertain that possibility. But at the point where you're sacrificing your time for less money, what would be the point of that? So,
0: so how is it, how, how is it working with Bethany? Is she, is it, uh, is she really ho- helping you execute on your vision, or is she just, you know, what what kind of role is she playing? And do you have other people that are on your team?
2: Well, essentially, I tell people she's playing the role of my moneymaker. <laughs> I'm just the type of person that uh, we'll probably give away the store, <laughs> you know. You know, I'm like. I'm very willing to give discounts and stuff, and she's like, "You don't need to give discounts," you know. And I know she's right, but I'm just that type of personality. So, you know, working with retail customers, like normal retail, you know, she doesn't really ever give any discounts. You know, she might throw in a glass parity or something, but you know, the the key, the core customers we have, it's not really about money for them, anyways. So, giving the discount is really just throwing money out the window. Mm. Um, now and then as far as bigger stuff like we do some big jobs like uh, auto shows and stuff like that where you know it's a bigger ticket and uh, she has some experience in the advertising field so she knows their budgets are huge and to me a big number is not a big number to them so they you know they're more than happy to pay for it if we can deliver you know the quality service and results right which we do so you know so, hmm. that's put a lot of money in our pockets, you know, because I'm, like I said, I, I would be like, okay, we're making $5,000 this week. That's awesome. And she's like, oh, we can make 20000 Right, right. So, yeah, it's
1: interesting when you start yeah, listening at those, at the, some of those business uh, conversations where, you know, people will say, if you, you don't ever lower your price. It's the opposite. You go after a different market and you raise your price or you keep your price the same. And that's always yeah. a challenge, and I think, in any business, even in ours, where you know, there's always somebody coming around the corner that's offering stuff for you know five bucks, and you're like, I, I'm not like you said with the dealerships. I'm not going to chase fives when I can chase twenties and fifties and hundreds. It doesn't make any sense because you know for every ten of those that you get, you got to get one of the other ones, and and I, it's too hard to chase nickels, you know. I think we have blocked.
0: Yeah, up. I think he froze. So, I think we're getting the uh the statue Spotify. version, the statue version of Rod. He's so st- I think yeah. it's uh, locked up uh, on his end. Uh, oh, I, I think it. we lost him. So, maybe maybe That's we insane. can add him back. That's so, insane. but but I love that conversation, right? Because he has somebody on his team that has a different skill set that is adding value to what they do and while you know he's a phenomenal detailer she is executing on the business end and really helping them become a different company Um, and I think that's a really important thing is if you have common vision and you can leverage each other's strengths in the right roles of your business because I think a lot of times we don't have the right roles we don't have people in the right roles. And when you do that, it actually cripples your growth. I love that he really honed in on that. It's like, she's so like, wait, there is more lucrative opportunities right in our hands if we will just stand firm on our pricing and and the value of what we're bringing to the table. So good to have you back, Brad.
2: Yeah, my phone rang. I guess I should have blocked <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That'll happen, so.
1: So, so yeah. So yeah. Um, what is the, uh, for you guys, for your shop, what is your kind of specialty? Do you do a lot of ceramic coatings? Do you do a lot of mom minivans? Are you high-end cars or what do you, what do you do?
2: Well, the shop's only been open a couple of weeks, but the idea is to do the coatings, the polishing jobs here and continue to do mobile service for more generic type of detailing. Um, and then, you know, if somebody wants regular details here, we can do that. But um, yeah, the, the goal is to get the coatings going and really uh, do a lot more of that. I mean, I've been doing them in the field, but uh, we all know it's easier doing the shop. Oh yeah, so. yeah. definitely. So try doing the How
0: shop. How big's your shop? Uh, total is
2: twenty four hundred square feet, and uh, the the bays are like four bay positions. You know, like a regular garage. Wow,
1: that's a good nice. size shop. Uh, that is a good size shop.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I can walk yeah, you around. too. Yeah, that's, that's shop tour. See, this is I'm in the office, and uh, here's the reception with the merch displays
1: and uh, video menu boards. Um, and then he needs some mafia memoir stickers in there. that's what he's missing right there.
0: Oh, look at that Mm, floor, man! That's awesome.
2: Got the little scissor lift. Nice compressed air. Um. Walking over here to the uh, wash bay is a uh, floor drain and a waterproof room, um, so you can see what's going on in here.
0: Wow, that's awesome! Nice, that's very nice. nice. There's floor drain. Yep, got a
1: little floor drain.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So are you are you? St- yep, and uh, you know. Are you moving completely away from mobile, or are you still offering mobile services as well?
2: So doing mobile um trying to find a good employee to run the van you know that's over the age of twenty five so they can have their the uh, insurance but um, yeah, the plan is to do both oh that's awesome. awesome
0: that's that's really awesome so what are your plans i mean we're we're coming on q four what's your plan for twenty uh, twenty uh I mean you know
2: simple growth that's it i mean trying to Double the uh, revenue with the shop being open now. And, uh, you know, hopefully that maybe even more than that. But, um, you know, if if we double it, it'll be plenty profitable. I just would like to, you know, become even more than profitable. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's comfortable the street. dream, right? Yes, that's yes. That's always the dream. dream. When,
1: you, when you're not eating, yeah. it's always easy to say, I want to eat. But then once you can eat, you go, okay, now I want to put some food in the freezer yeah. for later.
2: You know? That's right. Yep, yeah, I got to rebuild my retirement, so. <laughs>
0: no, we can't that. getting close we to retirement, We put have everything one. into Zimware and Rota Fest, so we, yeah. we totally get that. So yeah, I had to sell my hair just to get here, so, you yeah. <laughs> know.
1: Man, yeah. desperation. He
0: used to have long, flowing <laughs> locks, you know. He'd, he'd run through the breeze like yeah. no, no Fabio.
2: You froze on me. Yeah. Okay, you're back.
0: <laughs> I've seen your pictures when you were 18. Okay, you're when like, I was 18. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so, um, what led
1: you from where you're at? I mean, you said you just started the business a little while ago and you took a training in January. What what led you from where you were at to into detailing?
2: Well, like I said, I was trying to sell cars. That was in 2011 and I uh, wasn't very good at it. So I was like, I know – I can start my business and make this much money. That's good. (laughs) So, uh, I mean, I've always loved detailing. Uh, You know, I've never did it as a profession before. Um, But, uh, you know, I was, I'd sell a car and the car would come out looking like crap. I'm like, man, I can do better than this. And it just kind (laughs) of got my mind going like, why don't I just go ahead and do this? I do enjoy it. I knew that much. And, uh, you know, I figured, why not? This is something I can get passionate about. I've always been passionate about cars and, you know, keeping them clean. But uh, like I said, just hadn't really, you know, other than a few side jobs for family and friends, hadn't done it as a profession yeah, or anything. Yeah, but, it's it's always interesting. Um, my wife
1: and I got – we we. my wife wanted a new car this summer, and we went and got it, and it was a complete and total mess. And they're like, oh, we'll detail it. my wife's like, I think we're good. Just just take that off the price because whatever you do, he's not going to approve of it. So just let it go. Yeah. And when it comes to it, they will probably
0: make it worse. Yeah. So with you starting out relatively new and stuff, how did you get the word out about your business? How did you market initially?
2: Uh, In the beginning, we just pounded Google AdWords. You know, we'd spend $300 a month on Google AdWords and... It seemed to be enough to keep us busy. So then it just became more and more referrals and repeat business and, you know, kind of cut, cut down on the AdWords expense and started doing more Facebook ads. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing big. I mean, late since October, I've done a digital billboard down the street, which you can set the budget, like how much you want to spend per day. and It's pretty reasonable. So one did that it's not the most, uh, Trackable, like it's not like a real call to action. It's just brand awareness. Yeah. So that's what uh, that's what I keep it up for is just to kind of tie in. Everybody's going to go to the computer and Google what they want. And yeah. if they see something they already saw before mm-hmm. you're you're already halfway there.
1: Yeah. So what's what's the population of where you're at right now? I mean, where what are you looking at for a city size? Uh,
2: well, Kennesaw is probably not that big. I, I don't even know the numbers, but I mean, Atlanta, we're in Metro Atlanta, okay. so it's, you know, millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. But you're, you're, yeah, you're I mean, it, as, as far as, as you're
1: picking up that market as well, you're not stuck with the, 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 right.
2: Yeah, we're, we're only like, I don't know, 20 or 25 miles from downtown Atlanta, so it's pretty much the same time. Yeah. State.
0: Yeah, it's, you're right there in Hotlanta. Yeah, as big and as yep. spread out as that is, yeah, you're definitely within the the scope of opportunity there. So, so,
2: yeah, the road we're on, uh, the, the traffic count they say is like forty thousand a day. So, that's yeah. pretty reasonable.
0: So, so for guys that are just starting out, you know, a brand new detailer <laughs> wanting to start his own uh, business, what are some recommendations that you would give them? obviously not in your market, but somewhere else.
2: (laughs) Well, first thing is get trained, you know, you know, know what you're doing first and foremost, you know, before you start trying to sell your services to people that are going to assume you know what you're doing, you should know what you're doing. Um, And then the second thing is just present a professional image, you know, differentiate yourself from your competitors, which so many of them in our industry, just, you know, grab a vacuum, a bucket and, truck. And maybe if you're lucky, they'll put a magnet on side of it with their company name. But you know, it's it's not hard to really separate yourself from the crowd in this business. I mean, there's becoming more and more professional detailers, you know, and with the help of the IDA, you know, we're getting the support for that. But um, that would be my first two things that I would tell you to focus on. And uh, if you can, have somebody answer the phones. I mean, that's a tough thing to do at first, but that's been a huge factor for me having Beth answer the phones, because we all know we don't like to answer the phone when we're in the middle. You're focused on polishing or something, and uh, the phone rings. <laughs> you, you, it's hard to sound like you really want to talk to them when you when you're being interrupted. So that comes across. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, you can't hear it. You don't have any right thing up, something on. I mean. It's such a huge difference to have Beth answer the phones and she can take all the time mm-hmm. they want to spend asking questions and, you know, fine tuning what they actually need. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's money in the bank doing yeah. it this way.
1: Another the advice I've heard from somebody else, too, is if, if you're just a single person operation is there's really inexpensive <sighs> services um, for monthly services for yeah. somebody to 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 answer phones for you and answering service just as long just to get you to that next step you know jody and i always look at it as we're mm-hmm. at this plateau what do we do to get to that next one right and if you need to get an answering service or you know hire a, a, a sales student, guy a, student. A student that's going into marketing or whatever to do that for a while and that gets you to that next level then do that and it's like you were saying you gotta you gotta step outside that comfort zone i mean a- having somebody answer the phone for you they have to be knowledgeable um, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I doing this so long that I actually we have a client here in town that if I'm in his office and his phone rings, I answer it. You know, and I'm just like, hi. And, I, and I'll say, yeah, it's a, well, you're going to have to bring that down. we need to take a look at it. I mean, it's hard to, you know, diagnose that over the phone. But it sounds like you've got some water spots and, you know, it takes some paint correction. But we'll have to bring, you know, and he's just like, that's amazing. I can't believe you can answer my phone and actually tell them what to do. But it's like you said, you've got to have somebody that's, that's trained yeah. and knows what they're talking about you know i wouldn't do that if i was at a washer dryer repair shop i'm not going to answer their phone but but in this industry you know
2: yeah yeah i mean it's a trick i mean i kind of got lucky i think i mean because beth is really a quick learner like you know we all like to say we're quick learners but she really is i mean she she picks up on things and has a intuitive uh, knowledge that i couldn't explain but you know she just can really if, if it's not something she really knows about, she's very good at faking it and, like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> throws out a few phrases that make people think she knows. And, but, I mean, now she does know all about this. But, I mean, every everything in her life, she seems to just, you know, really pick it up
0: quick. That's so, awesome. That's,
2: so that's very fortunate for me. I mean, it's it's hard to find, and uh, I hope, you know, people that are in my situation can find someone. but. I would say another key, you know, if if you are one man and you're trying to answer the phones in a field, you know, at least return calls quickly, you know. Yeah, yeah that's – The people that you do get to leave a message, <laughs> definitely return notes quickly. And, uh, you know, you if you want to even call back the ones that don't leave messages based on their caller ID, some people might not like it. But, um, you know, what
1: yeah, do you no, what do you got to yeah, you Yeah, you got, you've got to be able to follow up that. I was watching a thing yesterday on rejection, and a lot of people – um in any kind of sales for any industry are worried about rejection and uh this thing was basically saying embrace that rejection this guy went on a hundred days of rejection he tried to find something to get rejected on for a hundred days in a row and um wow one of them was as silly as asking a a burger place for a burger refill (laughs) and um, he said the reason (laughs) he did it is because he learned every rejection was learning he learned what to ask for and one guy asked him why in one of the rejections, it was like, well, why? Um, anyway, and we if you transfer that over to the detailing industry, it's like, if somebody's like, okay, well, you know, I got to talk to my wife about that, which is universal language for, I'm not going to do it, but I don't want to, I'm too embarrassed to tell you. Um, it's yeah. really, it's like, well, you know, what What about this is, is not meeting your expectations? And it's all about shared expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's educating that customer upfront about what the expectations should be, you know? Uh, coatings aren't 50 bucks mm-hmm. and, um, paint corrections, not 25. There's a guy down the street that'll do it for that. But when you're done, with I'll it, be you're going to bring it back <laughs> and it's going to be more money for me to fix it. I mean, that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the idea is, um, you know, educating people and, and asking why, even when they ne- not necessarily are going to use your service. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, and that ties in with
2: the whole answering the front of the field. You, it's hard to take all the time to educate the customer when you're like, this customer looking out the window like, why is this guy not working on my car? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, you know, that
2: is – It's a bad – it's a tough situation. Yeah,
0: that's tough, especially when you're a one-man shop. So, so tell us, um, you know, you're in the Atlanta area. How do people find you in your neck of the woods? Let's uh, see if we can get some uh, local people your way and drive some business there.
2: Okay. I mean, you ask me how they find me is pretty much Google. I mean, Yelp, uh, you know, if they see my billboard, great. If if not, uh, you know, maybe they see shop when they drive by. A lot of people say they see the van, which uh, I didn't show you the van. I guess I could walk you out there, but I got a nice wrap on the van. Um, I'll just show you through the window because
0: yeah, the name of your company is Next Level Detailing, and you guys are in uh, I Atlanta, Georgia. Oh man, yeah, you, yeah, that I, I'd a, love to see that. Yeah, yeah, that's a driving billboard. So,
2: yeah, it, uh, I wanted it bright and not too much lettering, you know, so I could make the words big as possible, and um, yeah. you know, a lot of guys try to list every possible thing they do on the side of the van I'm like if you say detailing I mean, maybe put a couple things but uh, you know the main thing is the brand recognition because they're really probably not gonna just stop right where they are and try to call you or something they, right right
1: they'll
0: snap you just the want them to remember you. you as long as the phone number of the website are on there then they'll get back to you that I think that's an important note that we shouldn't gloss over I think a lot of people, no, they try to list every little line item that they do instead of building a brand. And when you can build a strong yeah. brand around detailing that you are the go-to guy, your team is a go-to team, that brand is going to resonate throughout all of your marketing through the voice of your customers, et cetera. I mean, you got a band, you got billboards, you got you mm-hmm. know, your Facebook stuff, it, and being being very focused on creating a brand is really, really important.
2: Yep. Yeah. Multi, multi multi-platform, you know, cross-branding and, uh, you know, tying it all together, keeping your format is the same as much as possible across all platforms. Um, Not change your colors, your logo very often. I mean, unless you're just wanting to rebrand for some reason, but you know, you, you gotta keep, the recognition building and building and getting that uh, traction in the market. Um, so having, that's, you know, I've, I've changed the logo slightly a couple times over the years, but for the most part, it's been the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I think that, you know, has a cumulative effect in the market. That's
1: awesome. So, yeah. so big question on everybody's mind right now is are you going to SEMA or not?
2: I'm going there to SEMA. Go. Yep. Uh we have a big project the week before. Um and we're we're working with some other detailers in the Mafia Network and uh you know hopefully uh Beth can make it later. Uh she was going to be there all week with me, but uh, she's gonna be kind of spearheading the project on site. Well we both are until I leave for SEMA. Um but um she's planning to be there
0: like Friday. That's awesome. So so we look forward to connecting with you there. So,
2: yeah, I've met you guys before. Um, you know, it wasn't a big to do, but uh, met you. I went to SEMA last year, and uh, I got usually go to mobile tech. Uh, didn't go last year, but um. Yeah,
1: we'll probably do both this yeah, year. Yeah, it's one.
0: funny because as I started talking to you, it's like, oh yes, I remember yeah. talking. You know, I, I remember anybody named Rod.
1: It just happens the, to stick with you when you meet somebody
0: else with the same yeah. name. but you know, so. well, that that doesn't yeah. happen to me. I mean, no, how, many, how many made, guys are named Jody? Jody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Oh well, sail up east. So
1: all right. Well, we will see you at SEMA. Yeah, we will see a lot of other people at FEMA. No, We've right? got
0: uh, a couple more weeks, a yep. couple more Mafia Memoirs in between now and then. Yeah, can't wait. So thank you very much for joining us on this episode of Mafia Memoirs. I appreciate my pleasure. you sharing your story, your experience, you know, the importance of having a strong vision, of being educated, of building a strong brand that's consistent across all platforms. I think those are really cool pools. And guys that are watching, you know, actually, before I get there, guys in the Atlanta area, guys or gals that are looking for detail, make sure you look up Next Level Detailing. And thank you guys, as always, for joining us. And we will check you next week on Mafia Memoirs. See ya! Thanks, guys.